agenda to the latest and greatest episode of Game Rivals. I'm one of your hosts, Maximilian X, and as always, with me is the PlayStation Master, the man who is ready to say, boy, once more. <laughs> it's Sean Templar. How's it going, Sean? I'm uh, I'm good. I don't. I think it's going to be a little while before I get to say boy again, but uh, yeah, some pretty exciting news on that front uh, last week. Yeah, we got a lot to talk about. Um, so just just to get some some other stuff out of the way, we do have some breaking news oh, wow. um, coming live down the wire. It seems that Nintendo finally did something that people thought they would do years ago, which is bring down the price of the base switch by 30 euros at least in europe and i think by 30 pounds in the uk something like um, that i think so the old price the old price in quotes used to be 329 usually you'd be able to get it for for a bit cheaper around 310 um, if you knew where to look but the official price was 329 that has been brought down to 299 euros. We don't know anything about a price drop for the US, but suffice to say, I'm pretty sure that's very soon down the line. Heck, by the time that you're listening to this, it might have already been announced for the US as well. Um, so far, only it's only been announced for Europe and the UK. Um, so I guess good for you if you haven't picked it up yet and you weren't interested in the OLED switch. It makes sense because the OLED switch costs... 350 so having that 50 euro price difference seeing like okay you can either pick up the base model or you can get the oled model for 50 bucks more or if you're not into any of that stuff you can still pick up the switch light for about 230 euros i think now it's like if you if you look at it from a value point of view it's more interesting because if you buy a switch for 299 you save 50 bucks towards an OLED switch. For that 50 bucks, you can either get like a case and an SD card or you can or get game. or a game. Uh, whereas if you buy the Switch OLED, yeah, it's fancier and nicer and whatever, but you still have to pay another 50 to get a game. So that's like 100 euros more that you have to spend uh, compared to uh, buying the normal Switch for 299 Yeah, it's actually pretty brilliant if you think about it because now you have... Like if an, if a, if a, if a parent is going to choose one, it doesn't matter if they buy the OLED version or the base version because they both do the same thing. The only difference is the screen and the size of the screen. Yeah, and pretty much that's about it. And the white color scheme, but that's again, I'm pretty sure you can buy the Joy Cons eventually separately. For now, I think you can only get them with the OLED model. Um, so if you really want the white one, I guess, but. You yeah, wanted so the now, white one. To be fair, I wanted the white one because it's different, and that's the only reason why I wanted it. So, so it doesn't people matter can see you have an OLED switch? Well, yes, yes. The no. fact that you're doubting that just says enough. I mean, you yeah. want the swag and the cool, the look at me, I have a switch OLED. Uh, but sure. I, I always stay away from white stuff because it just gets dirty. Yeah, it's, It just gets dirty, and I hate that. Yeah, I mean, that's true. But if you treat it nice, it'll stay nice. Plus, I always have a case around it. Which so people still can see that you have a Switch OLED. Well, actually, I need a new case because my current case kind of sucks. But uh, 
yeah, I mean, it's a great, it's a great, it's a way better scheme than it was like a couple of months ago. Because a couple of months ago, pe- people are like, well, why would you, like, why would you buy the base model if it's only like 20 bucks difference? Now it's a 50 euro difference and it's either getting an additional game or uh, if you're not even getting games with it because you're, it's your second Switch or whatever, you can always get additional accessories. Maybe not Joy-Cons, maybe a Joy-Con, but you can get like a Pro Controller for, for that price. Uh, maybe you pay a little more, but at least you have a Pro Controller and it works fine. Or um, if you want to really save out and you don't mind that you can't hook it up to a, uh, a TV, you got the Switch Lite for you. Ready to go. Uh, I guess so. I mean, I never liked Switch Lite, but then again, I'm not a portable handheld gamer. So, yeah, it's technically not for us, the Switch Lite. It's for people that really don't care about hooking it up to a TV, but they still want that, you know, that Nintendo experience on the go because they either travel or traveled a lot. Thank you, COVID. Um, Or um, they just like playing, you know, in bed or on the couch or whatever and don't want to like they they want to like completely shut themselves off so they put some headset on and then then let's go yeah um so yeah options are there now that's pretty cool and right in time because like i said uh october 8th is when oled switch launches alongside uh, metroid dread so that's gonna be interesting um are you gonna stream it metroid dread probably um because i'm getting it on launch day so i will be able to stream it on launch day um, Maybe you should do our, like an unboxing on stream and then play the game. I don't have the I don't have the setup for that. You have a camera. You can just unbox the switch while you. Go I have do a, a camera. I have a webcam. I don't have like a two camera setup. Yeah, but you can do like. This is the switch, and then you open it up and you take it out of the box. Look, this is it. You know, <laughs> you don't need to do the fancy overhead stuff. I mean, you can just like. Pull it out, like hey, and then you can click on the joy. You, you, your. I'll figure it out. Yeah, I mean, like we're not <laughs> aiming for a Hollywood production here with rigs and fancy f- drones flying over. It's like you in your gaming <laughs> den, just unboxing a switch. Yeah, I guess. Um, but I will, I will at least uh, live stream uh, Metroid Dread on launch day. Um, so that's gonna be cool and interesting because Metroid because it's been so long. Uh, I might actually play Metroid Fusion beforehand on my uh, 3DS because it's on there. Um, thank you, Nintendo Ambassador Program. And just to get myself refreshed and like where the story left off because um, Metroid Dread picks up after Metroid Fusion because that's Metroid 4 and Metroid Dread is Metroid 5. Um, so yeah, interest- So yeah, outside of that interesting stuff, it's going to be interesting to see how that goes into the holiday season. Um, let's not forget, we still have that chip, uh, the, the, the chip shortage thing. It's gotten a little better, but it still doesn't mean that it's good. It's coming to the end of the year again. And we're going into the holiday season. We have um, multiple consoles now because now you have to think about it. We have three Switch consoles. We have two uh, PlayStations the all-digital and the disc version, and you have the Series S and the Series X all competing in that same bubble. It's going to be crazy. Oh, and let's not forget that um, 
people have been buying pre-orders or getting their pre-orders filled for the Steam Deck, which is coming out at the end of this year. I think that a lot of people are going to scalp the OLED switch because it's something Probably. new. And I think that might actually benefit the people that buy a PS5 or a Series X because like the attention will be mainly focused on the Switch because scalpers can get more money for that compared to an Xbox or a PS5 because the supply is also increasing and becoming better. So if you're not a Nintendo, if you're not an aspiring Nintendo console owner or you want to upgrade, then I think you might actually be lucky because a lot of people will just focus on the OLED switch. And then because the intention is all on there, people that want some, something else might fly under the radar, might be able to secure their consoles. Uh, or what, what you might see is that there's another spike again in PlayStation and Xbox scalping because it becomes a rare thing this holiday season. And oh, I, can, I can pretty much guarantee that that's going to happen because it's still yeah. rare now. Yeah. It's gotten better. But it's still rare. Like, like even with Nintendo Switch, it's gotten better. Like, I can walk into my local game store and I could probably pick up a Switch right now. No problem. I think the base model is going to be fine. So basically, if there's anybody that's looking into buying a Switch this holiday season, I don't think they'll have a big problem. If they're wanting to specifically buy the OLED, then yes, I agree with you. Yeah. It's going to be a bit more tougher if you haven't pre-ordered it already. Yep. And I think that I wonder if the supply is okay because when the PS5 was announced, there was ample time to pre order it. Whereas with the Switch OLED, like pre orders went live last month, I think. Uh, Almost two months ago. No, almost three months ago. Are you sure? It got announced before E3. I think it got announced after E3. No, before E3, like 100%. I mean, like, I can even look it up where, like, when it got announced. Do it, because uh, I, th- I think it got announced after E3, but before Gamescom, I think you're confusing it with that, because it feels like that the, the time between it getting announced and the release is pretty short, so that's why I don't think supply is uh, big. No, it's... Uh, hang on, let me just look it up, because... Uh, one of the handy things that Nintendo's website does is that they also keep track of their own. It says 6 July 2021. Yeah, see, July 6th. Oh, it's already three months? Yeah, told you. Holy shit. Yeah, 6 July. But it was after which was, E3. Which was, no, that was before E3. Wasn't E3 in June? No, E3 was in July, like the second week of July. This got announced a week before E3. Oh. Are you sure? Because I think a lot of people were like, Nintendo's going to announce the Switch at E3, and then it didn't happen, and then people were like, oh, they'll probably do it after E3. Yeah, let me... Uh... No, see, E3 was June 12th till June 15th. Really? Yeah, because it got announced after E3, because people were like, oh, Nintendo will probably do it during the Direct, and they didn't do it, and then... People oh, were right. like yeah, upset, you're right. You're right. and they're like, "Oh, they didn't announce it." But it, it, it feels. Yeah, I, I mean, like upset about that. I'm not Why saying you like... were upset. I said like <laughs> people were upset. Unless you count yourself as people, you're like the only Nintendo Switch owner in the world. <laughs> but I think um, it feels like I'm that. A the... 
Yeah, but you're not people. People is plural. <laughs> mm, all right, fine. I'll, I'll, I'll give that to you. Um, but it feels like the window between it getting announced and it coming out is really short compared to the Xbox and the PlayStation. So it feels like there's... I think, I mean, based on what what happened last year, I, I don't think you can walk into a, a game store now and do a pre-order for a Switch OLED. Because well, eventually with the PS5, they shut that off as well because they said, like, we're not going to be able to give it to you this year. Well, if you're talking about officially announced, sure. But don't forget, the build-up to PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series was literally years. You could advance. pre-order in a PS5 last year. Oh, no, so, no, yeah. no, in 2019, in you 2018. could... I don't know about 19, 20, yeah you could in 2019, yeah, 2019 in the summer Game Mania started taking pre-orders for the PS5. Yeah, but Game Mania always takes pre-orders yeah. like as soon as there's a little hint of something. Cheap bastards, they like dealing in bad faith. <laughs> but still, like it's just like if you take it from that point, then yeah, it feels like it was long. But remember, those two consoles got announced earlier in 2020. Officially, so of course yeah. they had officially. So of course they had like ample ample time to ramp up to it, and they still didn't have enough consoles. But the Switch, I think the only thing that they're changing is the screen in it. So I tech and, and I guess and the speakers, the body, the body is different of the of the console, um, but the Joy Cons aren't. Uh, no, I think that's an issue that they aren't. <laughs> yeah. So. I don't I don't I don't think supply for the Switch is that bad. And they were able to at least because Nintendo doesn't do things unless they're absolutely sure that they can deliver. Um because they've learned their lesson from the Wii era because then they couldn't they couldn't like the first year of the Wii's even the second year of the Wii's um life was just them trying to keep up with demand. So yeah, they've but, learned from that. But I think in their case what what works in their benefit is that they're not doing a lot different from a hardware point of view. So like, it's not a new CPU or GPU. No, 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 no. So exactly. I think that's working in their advantage because they have yeah. supply lines already set up that are just churning out the same processor. Whereas with an Xbox and a PS5, everything is new. So everything needs to be fabricated. Whereas in this case, there's probably like a lot of recycled parts uh, besides the screen and some speakers and, and a stand. But like, I think they save a lot of effort and money because they already have a lot of components lying around. And that could work in their advantage. Yeah, that's true. It's a smart decision to do now because they'll eventually do a Switch Pro when things start to improve. Well, a Switch something. I yeah. don't know if they're going to call it a Pro, but a Switch something. A Switch Duo uh, or a Super well, Nintendo have, Switch. Well, well, yeah, I mean, of course they're going to bring out a new console eventually. I don't know when, especially with the OLED coming out. There's like no telling. I wonder going. because that is... Um, I mean, it would be utter, utter heresy for me to say this because Nintendo's so goddamn amazing and blah, 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 blah. We know, we know. Nintendo's a company like any other brand. But let me, let me t- say this. Mm-hmm. We are moving into a digital era or a digital future for gaming. And if there is one company at this moment that looks ill-equipped to face that, I would say it's Nintendo. I mean, like with the focus that Microsoft is placing on Game Pass and more and more games moving to digital or more and more sales coming from digital. And I mean, I've said this before. I think we will get one more physical generation after this, but the one after that. So like, let's say in 10 years from now, 
physical gaming, I don't think it will be around anymore because we will be in a spot where the internet around the world's probably improved vastly. Um, we will probably just have set up boxes under our TVs and we will just get games pushed to it through a digital platform. Microsoft will probably be the, the market leader because they're already investing heavily in it with Game Pass at this moment and they're expanding their services. Sony will make something out of it because they have patents from Gaikai and from on live and they have something called playstation now which is rare at best and um, they have that partnership with microsoft and know, they have so the azure partnership sure. yeah but like if you look at it nintendo's still kind of like doing their own thing and that is good but i wonder if you're looking at the signs of where the market is going towards and you are still going your own path if I mean, you'll probably have a lot of a loyal fan base that will carry you. You will probably have the nostalgia feeling. But I don't know if that's enough to, sur- as, to survive as a company because physical media will get more expensive to produce as well because, you know, everybody's moving towards digital. I think if, if you were to find a factory that would make a VHS fa- a tape for you right now, they'll probably charge you a gazillion for it because they're like, yeah, but it's really old tech. It's really hard to manufacture this. It takes time. So whereas maybe if you could manufacture it for cents on the dollar in the past, now they'll be like, we can do it, but a VHS tape a piece will be like 10 bucks or something, whereas those things would retail for less. So talking about this whole thing kind of makes me wonder like if they're going to focus more on their digital infrastructure and services portfolio or if they'll still still keep doing their own thing, which is, again, good, but there is like a limit to where they can use that strategy and they need to shift to something. And I hope that they don't figure it out too late. And they're like, oh crap, we kind of got left behind because we were always the underdog in the market and we used that to our position, to our advantage. But now we kind of got outplayed in this market and we don't know what to do. I mean, if you're even if you're around for a hundred years, you can still perish. Yeah, sure. Of course. Um, I mean, it, like I said, it's a company, it's still run by people and people make decisions good and bad. So I like, I don't think that they're that far behind. Um, they do tend to have decent digital sales because they do report on like how well, or, Mm -hmm. you know, how well they do with digital sales in their quarterlies. Yeah. And it seems in least in terms of percentages, I think they're almost at 50, 50 now Mm -hmm. switch games. Because it actually used to be pretty, pretty good, like in the 3DS era, mm-hmm. like in the 3DS era and in the Wii U era, um, they saw an uptake of people buying things digitally. Yeah. Let and me just put it differently then. Online infrastructure in which, for example, you can stream games, because that's kind of where the market is going towards, because that will have a marketplace of its own. It's like, I'm not seeing anything from Nintendo's side in that direction. And it might be in the pipeline. But like, I'm, there's nothing yeah, I'm, there right now. Well, I'm pretty sure they are working on something like that because they do have, a, they do own a company in France that um, does that kind of research and technology for them. Mm. And um, they're the ones that came up with the, um, the cloud service for the Switch. Okay. And they started off with the Pokemon Bank on 3DS. Um, and that basically evolved into the sa- into the safe cloud that the Switch now has. It's not perfect, like we all know. Not all games um, take advantage of it, which I don't but understand. But that's I think me. part I think part of it is also um, developers have to 
I think developers are allowed to opt in if they want to use it. Mm. Um, and Nintendo themselves, you tend to use it on on um, games that don't require any kind of like weird online stuff. And even if it does, it depends on the game. Like for example, um, I think um, like Pokemon does it, but that's because Pokemon. Um, Sorry, Pokemon doesn't use it because Pokemon has Pokemon Home and they don't want people to duplicate Pokemon with their save files. Mm-hmm. So they don't want so people like to a put fraud their Pokemon thing. in like... Yeah, exactly. So it's like, well, if it's any kind of like cheating that can happen, they won't give you the opportunity to do that. That's why it took them so long to give Animal Crossing New Horizons um, backup saves in the cloud. Because like, well... Who, who's going to cheat in Animal Crossing? I know that people used to cheat in Animal Crossing by duplicating furniture and then giving it to them to their friends like through saves and stuff like that. But the way they've set up Animal Crossing New Horizons wouldn't even allow that anyway. So why not give us the, uh, the online saves so they eventually allowed us to back up to, to the cloud now? It took them almost a year, but at least they did it. <laughs> Better late than so, never, I guess. Yeah, it's better late than never. But speaking of better late than never, um, you can already see, uh, if you're watching uh, the YouTube version behind me, the big thing that we're going to be talking about today, um, because there's a lot to talk about, which is the PlayStation 5 showcase that happened uh, about a week ago as of, as of this podcast going live. And... Um, I don't think... Did we have... Because was it announced before... We no, it wasn't announced before we recorded the last episode, right? It was announced after. Yeah, it was announced after. So yeah. we, so we didn't do um, any kind of predictions unless you were on my Twitch, uh, unless you were on my Twitch uh, channel like last week. Then we did like this mini, <laughs> this kind of mini thing where I ended up ranting like a lot. Look at if I that. had the power to ban you from the PlayStation family, I would have done it at that moment. Yeah, I'd like to see you try. <laughs> I would banish you as like you are now outcast. Go live in the Nintendo Kingdom. Uh, banish me to the Shadow Realm. Oh, I would. Uh, I would. Yeah, but outside of that, um, we weren't able to do prediction, but that's fine because now we can actually talk about the stuff that got announced. Yep. And let me just say this. From the stuff that we did discuss that might show up, there's a lot of stuff that was showing that we did not expect mm-hmm. at all. Like, there were stuff there that I don't even think that was leaked. Uh, if they were, it was, no. if it was, it must have been last, super duper last minute because I didn't see anything of that. I but didn't you know hear what, anything about it as well. See, like, okay, like, that alone. Um, again, we might be wrong, but uh, you know what? Let's, let's just jump right in because we got a lot to talk about. Like, oh, I liked how they didn't go the obvious route. I mean, they didn't show anything regarding Horizon Forbidden West, and I'm happy that they didn't because that would be just so easy and, like, filler content. I mean, uh, we were talking about this with Gizmo, and I was like, um, this is how you do an event, and I'm not saying that because I'm a PlayStation fan, but this is how you do an event, and if you don't have anything to show, then don't do an event like Microsoft did exactly. with Gamescom because that that really that felt like so filler. Bad. I mean, they could have done that whole show in a 15-minute direct. 
you know, yeah. instead of stretching it out to they, what, an hour or yeah, something. Yeah, it could have literally just been another inside Xbox. Yeah, and like, I mean, it, it. this one started off really well. Yeah, there were a few games in there where I was like, Meh, I don't care. But I think a lot of people had that. But they showed like a lot of great games and also a few new games that nobody saw coming. Yeah. And, uh, okay, so let's let's just basically start with the beginning because the first game they showed off what was the first game they showed off? Um, I don't even. I'm remember. looking at the PlayStation blog. PlayStation blog does not have this stuff in order, which is kind of annoying. Um, I think the first thing that they showed off was that um, that Project Eve game. No, they showed off something else. They, they did, didn't they? They did. They sh- they showed off something else, something that I think we already knew about, but it was like. They started off with oh, the, no. with the live Star action. Wars. Yeah. No, no. Yeah. So we can skip that live action stuff, but that commercial that they showed. Beyond that commercial and beyond Jim Ryan showing his face. Um, you really don't like Jim Ryan, do you now? I just don't like his, like, I don't like his politics or at least his, his ideas of like what it means to be like awesome in, in the gaming industry. But that's, that's, that's separate. That's separate. Um, the first thing they did show off was Star Wars. Was Star Wars. KOTOR. Yep. Remake. Yep. Um, exclusive been... on PS5. Console exclusive. Really? Yeah, so it's also coming was... to PC. Yeah, I kind of figured that because it was, you know, first and foremost a PC game. Yep. And then it because which is like if you really think about it, that is super weird. Because for the longest time, the original Kotor was a Xbox exclusive. I know. Like, it didn't come to any other consoles. It only came out to the original Xbox. Um, it was back... I think... I think it was backwards compatible with Xbox 360 back in the day, but don't quote me on that. I'm not 100% sure. And the only other thing that it's been on, it's PC. It also came to mobile a couple of years ago. Oh, yeah, and it came to mobile. I tried to yeah, play it, but I was horrible at it, so I thought, like, yeah. Yeah, I don't want to play this. Oh, Oh, you were horrible. I thought you said it was horrible. Well, also, lo- it looked horrible, but... Well, it wasn't... It, you know, that's not like a game you want to play on a touchscreen. To be fair, oh, yeah, but again, that was a game that came out in, like, what, 2004? Early 2000s. I want to say 2000. The early 2000. Let's say 2003 or something like that. It was a big deal back then. Yeah. So it definitely needed a remake, but the fact that it switched... Yep. From Xbox to PlayStation, I'm pretty sure there are going to be a lot of KOTOR fans who are Xbox fans who are going to be very disappointed. Oh, I think, I think so. Well. And I think like it's not it's not a remaster; it's a proper remake. remake. So like everything's being so overhauled. It's, it's exactly. So I'm thinking the skeleton is still the same for KOTOR. It's just the think Demon um, Souls. Think Demon Souls remake. That's probably what they're aiming for. Probably. It is done by Aspire. Yep, and they've done a lot and, of these things. Yeah, they have done a lot of these things. But the question is, how I I, I haven't looked up any of their stuff, like how well it was received, because I know that they worked on, like the recent ports of I think the Doom games. I think I don't remember, um, but yeah, that was big. Like that alone was big. Granted. It was just a CG announcement trailer. But the fact that you saw the LucasArts logo at the beginning after the Sony uh, Entertainment uh, you know, text, 
was like, oh, oh, this is crazy. This is really crazy. But yeah, I mean, it, I think when it comes out, I'll probably pick it up for the PC or whatever. Because, yeah. Um, I hope, I hope that by that time it will be, if it does come, since it's coming to the PC, I hope it will be GeForce compatible because that make, will make my life a lot easier. But that was big. It and, uh, it was. And then they showed off something that I'm pretty sure nobody even knew what it was, despite the fact that it got announced two years, almost three years ago now. Um, even I did not know what this was, mostly because, well, again, I missed that initial announcement. I think, because I think, like in the recess of my mind, I think I saw the original teaser trailer before because I watched the teaser trailer for it again, the one that they released back in 2008, uh, 2019, 18 or 19, something like that. And it's like, okay, I feel like I've seen this trailer trailer before, but it's been so long that I'm not even 100% sure. But the new trailer that they showed at the showcase wow yeah you gotta you gotta love it because for one it's like from a um uh, uh it's from a korean developer called shift up at this point in time they only have one game that i know of that is out which is a gotcha mobile game because of course it is but then you look at like this and we already got that hidden gem surprise of dokev during gamescom and then you get this game. It's like, oh, what the fudge? This looks so ridiculously good. It kind of looks like a post-apocalyptic Bayonetta meets Nier. Um, like, I heard some people compare it to Parasite Eve, which is kind of weird because Parasite Eve was never an action game. It was a hybrid action turn-based game from, uh, from Square. Uh, and it was an RPG. Um, RPG light. Uh, so, so yeah, I mean, it looks good for for a for a developer that has never done a console game before. It that, looks it really looks too. I mean, that's what I said. Like it's the rise it of the Asian too. developers, and it looks too good to be true. I mean, like it looks like one of those CG trailers they always used to wow you with, and then I hope it's it's that beautiful. But I also hope that it's really good from a story and a gameplay point of view. Because otherwise, it's like another fancy tech demo that really looks nice. But it's, it's kind of like, they always say, don't judge a book by its cover. This book has a beautiful cover. But I hope that the story that's in the book is also really nice. Because otherwise, a lot of people won't be buying this book. Yeah, I mean, that's why... That's why you have to take this with a grain of salt, because like I said before, the only game that they've put out so far is a mobile game, and it's not even a 3D mobile game. It's not like when um, 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 Mihoyo, uh, Mihoyo, the developers of uh, um, uh, Genshin Impact, like they have done 3D games before. Granted, it was on mobile and PC, but they have that experience. That was also a 3D action game. So for them to scale up to a 3D action RPG kind of makes sense. For Shift Up, this is all new. Yep. Granted, it looks good so far, but we don't know what the end result is going to be, and we don't know when it's going to come out. I will say this. the original When they originally announced it, 
it was a PlayStation 4 and Xbox One game. Wow. So now it's a PlayStation 5 game. When did they do this? Like because it takes time to move stuff from one from one system to another. When did they decide to move the development to the PlayStation 5? It's kind of interesting. Um, if it's a game that's PlayStation exclusive and if it's a game that gets published by PlayStation, then they I think that the game is a pretty yeah, so I don't think Good. it's an exclusive. I don't think so as well. But like, if it is a PlayStation exclusive and it is being published by Sony, then they have a really good chance of making something out of it because not only does Sony have all sorts of resources available at them, but when you often when you you see that award shows the most is that Sony gets a lot of praise for their producers because their mm-hmm. producers are really hands on and they're really hands on in the right way. So they're not like you can't do this or we don't want it to be that kind of game or we want you to make this kind of game because that's what the market is trending towards. They're really hands-on and supportive in the way like, hey, maybe you want to try this because that works better in this and this and this way or maybe you want to look at it from this point of view. because So they're like providing insights and supporting where possible and that really works for these types of games, especially when you're pretty, when you're still a pretty, I wouldn't say you're a rookie, but when you're like, pretty new to it all so if it is um a playstation published game then they then they might benefit a lot from the resources sony has to offer and then it would take a little bit of a doubt away because then you're like you know this could still end up being something really amazing you, you saw that with with blue point when they did the remake for um for blood uh demon souls yes blue point has experience with doing remakes but even there, you saw that the Sony producers were pretty hands-on and were like, hey, um, let's try to stay true to the game as it was because that's why the game appealed to so many. We can try to bring this game into into 2020, but it might scare off some people. Whereas if we try to add slightly or improve slightly where necessary and leave the rest untouched, it will still be an amazing game and fans will also appreciate for what we did. And, and Bluepoint was like, well, you're actually, I think you're right because, you know, we we haven't looked at it from that point of view because, you know, sometimes when you get to do this, you're like, you might end up changing more than necessary. Um, so that was like a really good example of how they were able to support uh, Bluepoint and keeping the game true to the original. And, I mean, the game was well-received, so. Yeah. Looking forward to that. Um, what did they show next? Because, again, like, PlayStation. Should we go down the whole thing or just pick out stuff that really spoke to us? I would pick out stuff that spoke because they showed a, another trailer for Tiny Tina Wonderland, blah blah blah. I really no, don't. Yeah. I really don't care about that game. And they showed another trailer for GTA Five because it was going to come out in November of this year. Now it got pushed to March 2022, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, who cares? Barely sh- missing February. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's yeah. They show and they um, didn't. Yeah, yeah. They didn't give us a, a a fixed date. It's just March. Yeah, and then they showed another trailer for Forspoken. But yeah, it's like the third time or the second time we're seeing it for this year. Apparently, yeah. But this was a new trailer, though. Yeah, apparently there was a thing about the the language used in the trailer. There was some profanity or something in the trailer, and people were set mm-hmm. off by it a bit or something. I really didn't even notice it, but maybe that's because I wasn't paying attention to the game. I was like, yeah, whatever, man. 
Um, yeah, but, she used the F word once. Yeah, but like people were immediately like, eh, there's so much profanity in the trailer. I'm like, oh man, are we really going to do this? Are we really going to make an issue out of every single game now? Really? The one the one F-bomb that was dropped? I have no idea. I didn't read the story, but I saw the headlines a few times. And I'm like, grow up, man. Just, oh my God. Yeah, I like I, I, before we started recording, I was playing Death Stranding and... A bunch of the characters use the F word in that game. So if you're going to be all, oh, I must clutch my pearls for one F bomb in one trailer, get over yourself. Plus, we know that, like, especially grown up gamers and not even just grown up gamers, but the little, mm, mm, I could use a really bad word for them right now, but the little kids (laughs) that play online, the little kids that play online, you think that they don't use. Like F bombs. I would. Like I would just stuff. say, Come jump on. onto Call of Duty, and you will. Exactly. If you if your swearing vocabulary is out of date, it'll be updated in an instant with little kids calling you all sorts of stuff. So yeah. So yeah. People, get over yourself. Yeah. Um, I will say this: it looks good. It looks really pretty, yeah. and I think this will be the second game that uh, Square Enix puts out in the Luminous engine because the first game, well. The first game would have been Final Fantasy XV, but I think they went back to the drawing board and it eventually became a uh, you, um, Unreal Engine game. Mm-hmm. So they like dropped that, but they still kept working on the Luminous Engine. So this is the first time the Luminous Engine is being used by Square Enix. But despite the fact that the Luminous Engine was announced, mm, over a decade ago, wasn't it announced on the, on the beginning of the PS4? It was announced at the ending of the PlayStation 3 era. Yeah, yeah. So like at the beginning of the no, PS4. No, sorry. Not even at the ending. Yes. No. I, yeah, right. The ending of the PlayStation 3 era. Yeah. yeah. So the beginning of the PlayStation yeah. 4 era. Yeah. I remember that. Yeah. Because I think it got announced around the Final Fantasy Versus 13 part. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When it was still called Versus 13. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, that's so, that's so bad. Yeah. Seriously, Square Enix. Like, get it together. Um. But at least they're finally putting out a game with that engine and it looks good. Mm, definitely. Um, I think a lot of people are excited for it. Yeah. And what I did not expect the game to be is a gosh darn isekai. Um, another, like, you know, being transported to another world, that kind of story. <laughs> I, was, I did not know that it was that uh, when they first announced it because it starts off in that fantastical world. Uh, so, yeah, there's that. Uh, they showed off Blood Hunt again for, like, the bajillionth time. Um, they also showed off Deathloop again for the bajillionth time, but as we were prepping for this, you found out something very interesting about Deathloop. Uh, yeah, I, I wasn't expecting it, but I was checking out reviews because tomorrow the game comes out. But apparently IGN US and GameSpot US both gave the game a 10, which I totally did not see coming because I know like people were excited, but... For me, it was like, oh, yeah, it looks like another Dishonored game. And now suddenly uh, I'm like, oh, okay, it's not a Dishonored game. It's something more than that. So now I'm actually in doubt if I shouldn't buy it when it comes out tomorrow. Um, Because uh, I've watched uh, some people stream it uh, who got early access to it. And it looks really nice. Um, And they're like, it's not Hades. It's not Returnal. It's not a roguelike game. So... That already sounds really nice because I think that might put some people off seeing as Hades and Returnal is pretty punishing. Um, But a lot of people are actually really excited about this. 
Uh, I just mm. spoke to someone who got a key and he's installing it right now. And uh, the person was like, hey, I'm actually pretty excited to try it out right now. So Nice. Yeah. I mean, it's good for them because they've put a lot of effort into it. The fact mm-hmm. that it got delayed, I think, twice, twice I think. Yeah, because it was going to come out yeah. last year in September. And then it got moved to... Beginning of think, this year. Yeah, or like I think March of this year or something. something and then it like got delayed that, again. Yeah. And they're like, okay, this is like the last delay. Yeah. So, But, if but like, that's how you can also do it. I mean, you don't have to be a cyberpunk and then drop the ball. I mean, this is also how you can do it. <laughs> I knew he was going to bring that up and it still caught me by surprise. <laughs> that On is a fun note. Yes. The cyberpunk yes. next gen version is coming out at the end of this year. They're they still said, saying that? They're st- they said they were like, it's going to come out in the first half of the year. And then they said the second half of the year. And now they said at the end of the year, together with the Witcher update. Yo, CD Projekt Red, I want 100 bucks if you don't make it the end of the year. I'm telling you right now. <laughs> Apparently, they are slowly transitioning people away from Cyberpunk to another game they're working on. But a lot of people think it's The Witcher 4 because they hope they can get back into the good graces of people again. Mm, I don't know if that's the right move to do. But sure, let's, uh, let's uh, not fix the game completely and just move on to the next game. Um yeah. All right, so I think we've gotten all the other stuff that is. Oh yeah, and they talked about and they showed off a new trailer for Rainbow Six Extraction, but who cares? That game's gonna tank. They showed a trailer for Alan Wake Remastered. I'm personally looking forward to that. It. Was that was kind of rumored slash leaked before? Yeah, yeah. But it was nice to see that it's finally coming to PlayStation. Yeah, because um, I played the original on the PC, but I never finished yeah. it, and it was really cool. Second chance to play it. Yeah, I'm gonna buy it. It's coming out October sixth, so it's pretty soon yeah, already. Super, like yeah. super quick. Yeah, and it's coming out on every other console, well, except for Switch, <laughs> of course. Um, but it's coming out on PC and it's coming out on Xbox. So yep. if you want to pick it up on there because you're an Xbox fanboy and you're like, oh, this is an Xbox thing, you can still get it there. And I wouldn't be surprised if it came to uh, Game Pass day one. Although I, they, I don't think that has been announced unless I missed that announcement. So outside of that, good, great, awesome. Um, but yeah, those are, uh, yeah, those are the. Oh yeah, and they showed a new trailer for Ghostwire Tokyo. Yeah, that's coming out next still year. Still doesn't have a date. That's, I think it got. It was gonna come out this year, and then it got pushed to next year. Yeah, yeah. But the fact that they didn't have a new trailer for um, a new, an actual, like not even a release window, yep. is still. It's still a bit worrying because it's been a long time. This game has been in development for a really long time. I think it got announced like two or three E3s ago. Yeah, it got announced at the last E3 where people were like physically present. At. 2019, yeah. 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 To be yeah. fair, they didn't really have a trailer. Like they had a concept trailer. So Back maybe then, the but now very, they had like, very early. Yeah. But hey, the fun part is, is after that, they kicked off the second part of show, which was all stuff made by PlayStation Studios. Oh, my goodness. And boy, did they show some really cool stuff made by PlayStation oh Studios. Oh, my goodness. All right. Okay. Do you want to say it or do I know? No. Screw it. I want to say it because I, that, it, 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 it blew my mind. It blew my mind. You can't even pronounce mind. the words. You're like, <laughs> Okay. So I think at this point, everybody was expecting, right? that we're going to see the next Insomniac stuff. 
even if it's just a CG trailer, we're gonna see something, right? Because yeah. like, if, like everybody is expecting, oh, Spider Man Two. I already said before, if we're gonna see Spider Man Two, it's not gonna be gameplay. It's gonna be CG, and it's not coming out until at least twenty twenty three. Because apparently, it was running in real time on PS five, so it's not like it's completely CG. And I mean, come on, Fine. it is. I mean, we have to maybe accept finally that we are getting to the point where what we always thought was CG is maybe no longer always CG. Mm, unless it's really, it. un- unless it's really obviously CG, but yeah. But again, like I'll believe it when I see it. But well, you won't see it because is... you don't have a PS Five. <laughs> oh, I couldn't do. I couldn't resist. <laughs> But that is not what we were talking about. Yeah, we did get the we did get the, the the Spider-Man two announcement that we were expecting, and it was a trailer short brief with Venom, which is pretty badass. Yeah, and I think because there's a there's a person narrating, and I'm not hundred percent sure who it is. The accent makes me believe it's Craven the Hunter. Could be, but I'm not hundred percent sure it would be Craven the Hunter. I'm not. I don't like know. For, like for various reasons, I'm not 100% sure it's Craven the Hunter, but who knows. But what they showed us before to make us think that it was Spider-Man 2 was a CG trailer for Wolverine. Yep. Marvel Wolverine by Insomniac. They did it again, people. They got that exclusive, and it's PlayStation only. It's another Marvel title, and yep. it's another beloved Marvel character. Yeah. What the heck is Sony doing that they got that kind of money? It's either that, or Marvel I, was just so impressed with I Spider-Man think, yeah. and Spider-Man yeah. Miles Morales, and they were like, okay, you know what? You can choose whatever character you want next. Yep. It's fine with us. That's that's insane. Yeah. I think it's, I think it's like building on years worth of relationships they have and both from the movie side that they did some i mean like the the the, the all the previous spider-mans before tom holland they weren't necessarily that bad i mean no, no, sure they, were... they could be better but yeah. i mean like the 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 toby Maguire ones were really high grossing and the, the Andrew first Gar- two ones were actually considered really good and i yeah still, like the first one is like ca- like by today's standards is pretty campy but it's still good at the time, it was, I think, the first proper uh, superhero movie in a really long time. And mm. I mean, I think then they further impressed with Spider-Man the game. And then with Miles Morales, they were even to show like, hey, even in a short span of time, we can still create this really cool game. It won't be as long, but it's really a really good game. Because Miles. the funny thing is, is every time you see a PS5 drop happen, you see Miles Morales going up in the sales charts because people automatically pick up <clears> that game. Yeah, and it, and it's available on PS4, but people just buy it on PS5. I did the same thing. I waited till my PS5 came in so I could play the game. Um, and th- they said that Wolverine will be a personal story-driven game. So I don't know if it's an <coughs> open-world kind of game, um, but it will focus a lot on the story part for Logan. Um, and it's an early development. So Spider-Man Two is coming out in 2023. I oh, think. don't expect this thing until 2025. Yeah, I think at, at least 2024, 2025. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. the fact that they are working on it is super cool. It's huge. Yeah. <coughs> ah, sorry. You okay there? <coughs> Has the Logan uh, excitement gotten to you? 
Ah, oh, good grief. I don't know why, but my throat's all... We're getting all emotional. <laughs> uh, anyways, um, they showed GT7, Gran Turismo 7. It's coming out next year, March 4th. Um, looks really nice. They showed off a little bit more of the the game menus and the customization. I don't know if, if it was possible in other Gran Turismo's, but the customization for the cars is like really expensive, even when it comes to liveries that you can just pick a sticker and you can put it wherever you want on the car. Mm-hmm. Normally, Gran Turismo didn't do that kind of stuff. That was always Forza that did that. So that's pretty, uh, really, pretty nice to see. Um, the game does require an internet connection to play. Some people are making an issue out of that. I'm like, well, we live in 2021. Come on. Wait, that makes no sense because I'm pretty sure that even, um, I think even like, what, what was the first Gran Turismo that came out on PlayStation 3? Um, Gran Turismo Prologue? No, no, no. Was, I think what? Oh, right. Yeah, Prologue. The one that came before f- 5, right? Yes. Yeah, so f- I think Prologue was also required an internet connection, right? Or I don't know. I can't remember, to be honest. But like, it's I mean, so there's so many games that have that these days, so I don't understand why it's such a big issue. I understand that I'm speaking from a luxury point of view because I live in a country where I have super fast internet and all the whole shebang, so I get that. But like, even if you live in the states, yeah, but like even poor, like, less. I mean, like even poor countries, or even like countries that are less developed in the like compared to the rest, like a country like India, where people always like have this mixed view about. Those people have almost everybody has a smartphone with internet there. So like if they have smartphones with internet there, I mean, yeah, maybe not in Africa, but then again, I don't think that there are a lot of people in Africa playing on a PS5. To be honest, um, um, I might be shocked. Speak for but... yourself. Like if I go well, I don't know, right now, but like if I if I go to like a African nation that's re- reasonably developed, yeah, um, they'll have internet connections. Like everybody has a cell phone there. Too. Yeah, but like on PS, I don't know if they have PS5s, but <clears throat> well, probably import, so it's not cheap. But let sure. me put it this way: if they even have it there, then what's the big deal about? Like, are we only talking about the people that work on an Air Force base in another country that can't play it? I mean, okay, that would really suck. But those people generally play on Xboxes because they're like America and they buy an Xbox or the Army buys an Xbox for them. So Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but I'm thinking more of places like Brazil where um, that kind of stuff is still like a bit more expensive. So it kind of would be disappointing for them. Yeah. Because I know that like GT is is also very big in Latin America. So... I don't know. I thought it was really big in Europe only, in Japan, stuff like that. No, you got a lot of like cross uh, cross pollination in there. No? Mm. Okay. Well, so they showed Gran Turismo Seven, and then they showed what else did they show? I have the show. They showed cases. yeah, they showed uh, Uncharted Uncharted Four, man. Yeah, the the, the Legacy the of remade. Thieves collection and Legacy of Thieves. Yeah, coming to PlayStation Five and PC. Yep, I am really looking forward to that because. I was hoping for a Uncharted patch uh, because Uncharted 4 doesn't run and Lost Legacy as well. They don't run at 4K. They run at 2560p, um, even on the PS4 Pro. So I was really excited when they announced that. I'm like, oh, yes, 4K, uh, 60 FPS probably. Um, So that was really nice. And then it's coming out early next year as a bundle. And then it comes first to PS5 and then uh, shortly after to PC. Yep. Um, 
And then they showed another trailer for Guardians of the Galaxy, but I'm still not excited for that. Yeah, no, I read like a headline the other day in which they said that the main character, the, the Star-Lord in the Guardians of the Galaxy is trying too hard to be like Chris Pat, which is working against it. Honestly. I was like, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. If you want that, then just get the actor instead of trying to mimic the actor. Yeah. Um, because apparently it's not even that expensive. I was watching a podcast the other day and they were talking about 12 minutes where they have this stellar voice cast and they said like, it's probably not super expensive to get those people to do the voice work for your game because it's not like you claim their time for months and weeks in a row where with a movie they get millions because they basically have to block out a part of their of their year to be able to work on your movie. But here is like a couple of days or a couple of afternoon sessions where they just record the lines and that's it. They don't do the mocap. They don't do the performance capture. So like for, if for a game is 12 minutes, it probably wouldn't have cost them as much as people think that, would, that it would cost. Um, and, and even then, the voice acting is okay at bits because apparently a lot of people that play 12 minutes say like it, the, the, the lines don't really match the moment. So like you would do something and then you get like this weird response where you're like, doesn't really get make sense to get a response like this based on the action I'm just taking. Um, so like if they wanted Chris Pratt, then get Chris Pratt instead of trying to mimic him. Well, the, so here's, so here's where people also get a little bit of misconception is that they're of course they're not going to get Chris Pratt because when you get Chris Pratt you're not just getting his voice you'd have to do his likely like likeness because yep. it would be weird to get his voice out of a different likeness yep um so you'd be not just be paying for um him doing the voice work you'd also be paying for his likeness which is not cheap uh <clears throat> That's why they've. That's why I think that's one of the reasons why uh, Marvel Avengers is all like um, dollar, uh, like dollar store Avengers that kinda, sorta look like the MCU characters, but not really. You know how thing. how I think about it, right? Like they just I went know. up to a Japanese designer and they said, "Like, look at these people." Now, if you were to take inspiration from these people, how would they look in your opinion? And then it's like, "Oh, I can do that." And then he just drew up some dudes. And like, if I fuse an American and a Japanese person together, this is what you Again, get. Avengers was developed by by a Canadian developer called Crystal Dynamics, not by Japanese people. The, the <laughs> publisher is Square Enix, so you can't tell me that Square Enix has no say in it. No, they have a say in it, but not. But they're not the ones doing the design. Maybe, I'm pretty sure that I'm pretty sure that beyond Square Enix having a say in it, I'm pretty sure that Marvel has a bigger say in it than they do. Maybe they had like a Japanese developer at Crystal Dynamics, and he took the inspiration from it. <laughs> Gosh darn it! Why do you want to bring it back to that? Sheesh. Um, but the point still stands: is that yeah. it's not cheap to get their likeliness and their voice work. Plus. In the terms of um, the the thing that you also have to remember is that if you're getting an actor to do voice work, they're not trained to do voice work. Yep, they're trained to act. That's what you see. Like, Twelve minutes. Like exactly. There's a different. Like for example, Willem Dafoe has done video games. Yep. So apparently his lines are way better than uh, James uh, McAvoy or Daisy Ridley. James Mac exactly because I think this might be the first time they ever done voice work for a game 
um, which is different than doing voice work for like an animated feature um, because you have to deliver uh, maybe like sometimes you have to deliver the same line in multiple ways so that you can get that dynamic in that so it doesn't feel off and even if they didn't cost that much to put them in it probably means that they only got them in the booth for the time that they were able to pay them which probably means that they couldn't do a lot of second takes yeah in the the podcast i listened it's uh it's play what play watch listen so troy baker is in it and he has like first-hand experience with this stuff so he gave his take on it and there's also a video game director in it mike bethel who made thomas is alone um so like they both said like yeah they probably did like two sessions with an option for the third because yeah. you know that's just how these things go exactly yeah so Which I'm is, actually, I'm, but, but that's why you but that's why you get like voice actors because they you can get in for for a lot cheaper and you can get them in for more sessions yep also to be fair it's not just the voice actor um like if you have a good voice director who cares about the project you can still get a decent performance out of people that are not necessarily good but if the voice actor is not that great and the voice director doesn't give a crap then you end up with very bad voice acting in video games i'm not saying 12 minutes i'm just talking in general because like if you've listened to some voice acting in some games it almost feels like you think you think that the voice actor is the one that doesn't care. No, 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 no. It's not the voice actor that doesn't care. It's most likely the voice director that doesn't care. Yeah, because the voice actor just delivers the lines and he doesn't know if it's what the, the people are looking for or not. Exactly. They do it by direction. Yeah. They, they might have input, but sometimes if a director doesn't care, you can have input and they'll just ignore it. Uh, and, and the funny thing is that uh, Troy Baker mentions that He's worked on projects where um, the the voice director they're working with like big talent, and the voice director is is maybe afraid to to go up to the big talent and say like, hey, we need you to do better. So that instead of doing that to the big talent, they they went to Troy and said like, hey, you need to do better. And Troy was like, what? But I'm doing the best I can. Why do you? Why are you telling me to do better? I just delivered the best I could, you know. And they're like, no, 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 no. you need to do better. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. But like after all this all, they showed the game everybody was waiting for. Uh, which And I think that's the one thing people knew was coming, which was a brand new trailer for Days Gone. Oh, Days Gone. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 that wrong. Been, that would have been something exciting. That would be really cool. No, I'm, I'm, I don't know why. Days Gone. Of God of War, uh, Ragnarok. Mm-hmm. It's officially called Ragnarok now. Um, yeah. It looked really awesome. Yeah. It looked it really good. Yeah. Atreyu is older. Yeah. He's, trying to, he's become he's like this to find a, out. annoying snobby boy now. Again. Yeah, Atreyu but like in the, in the first one, he wasn't as annoying. He was like this curious little kid that's just... There, there is one part of the, the, the story where he does get that kind of... Like worse than in... in yeah, in but that's like when he finds out that he's a god. But yeah. But like... Here you're like he's like, yeah, let's just take uh, let's take the fight to them and uh, we'll just kick their asses because you know, uh, we're uh, gods. I want to know more about my life. Blah blah blah. Maybe mom wanted us to take the battle to them. Like, and uh, Kratos is this really? You you know, he's even more caring father than in the first one. Um, And you know, uh, Thor is in it. Uh, Freya, the 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 mom of uh, Baldur is in it because. 
course, you kill Baldur in the first one. That's how basically the game ends. Mm-hmm. Um, it, and I, I read that all nine realms are included. In the previous game, not all the realms were included. So all nine realms are included. That also means that they will be going to Earth, to Midgard, uh, which can be exciting. Ooh, yeah. That can uh, be interesting. Yeah, maybe they'll go to the to Mount Olympus or something like that. Yeah. Um, the um, what's the, what's that central area again called again? Um, with the tree, you mean? No, 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 no. Or the not, world not, serpent? Yeah, where the world serpent is. What, what that lake? What was it? Called? I don't know what it's oh. called. Oh. I just know that yeah, the world but, serpent is there. Yeah, but it was frozen over. So yeah, is the world serpent. Okay. Yeah. Again, he is a serpent, so he's cold blooded. So if it's cold. Yeah, the game the is set. Uh, probably asleep. Yeah, the game is uh, set a couple of years after the first one. Yeah, you can tell. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, it's uh I don't think it got a release date. No, no, it didn't get any. No, but I think it's we, safe to say it's coming out next year. Yeah, so remember when it was originally announced, they said it's coming out this year, despite yeah. the fact that they didn't have anything to show. And we all knew it was never going to come out this year. Exactly. So it and they still haven't given us a date, so it might come out holiday season next year. I think so. They'll do and Horizon like said, beginning and then this one to close off the year. Yeah. So like I said, this game is going to be the last game that's going to be cross-generation, I think, for PlayStation. I'm not I sure. Because I, I don't, I don't think they've announced anything before or during that is going to be a cross-generation game. It, from, I mean, like... like from. From like PlayStation Studios, yeah, it, w- it would be the best game to to close the PS4 chapter. Mm-hmm. But if supply issues still keep on going ne- into next year, which some people are predicting that it will might even last to 2023, don't hope so. But if supply is still tight until next year, then um, I think we'll still see a lot of games coming to PS4 because you 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 can't alienate that audience. Yeah, true. Yeah. Um... I think you know what I think they will gonna. I think no matter what they're gonna aim for twenty twenty three. You know why? Oh, because if it is the last game for the PlayStation Four, it'll be the tenth anniversary for the PlayStation Four. Oh yeah, now that you mention it. So I would not be surprised if by that time they'll do it. I don't think they'll put out a new PlayStation Four because that would be ridiculous. Because yeah, I think they stopped production on most on most versions of the PlayStation. They only do the simple slim. I think, yeah, so just the Slim, so it wouldn't be worth putting out like a special edition Slim, um, mostly because why would you do that instead of like putting out like this special PlayStation 4 Pro would have been way more interesting. But, I, I still yeah. don't understand why they didn't just discontinue the Slim and put the PS4 because Pro in the Slim. Because it's probably cheaper to make the Slim than the Pro. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, I I know, but... You know, with the whole 4K and all that stuff. It's, it's actually funny that over the last few days, I got these. And I think it's it's ridiculous that they're already talking about it. But there are rumors circulating that Microsoft might introduce an upgraded Series S, which might cost a little bit more and also has a little bit more power. I think that's the most obvious choice because I think the, the main issue with the Series S is that it has the power difference and it's, is not a lot of it's not a lot faster or better than an, than a One X, so I think there's little incentive for people to get it. But yesterday I read the most ridiculous of all rumors 
that Sony is already working on the PS5 Pro, which will aim to deliver 8K graphics. And it's going to cost between seven and eight hundred dollars, and they're aiming for a release in 2024, 2025. Yeah, I don't think so. No, I was like, when I read that, I was like, really? Are we really already here? Let's just make sure that the boxes, the damn thing gets into stores, and you can just walk into a store and pick one off the shelf instead of exactly. thinking about the next big thing. Yeah, man. Um, outside of that, I've. Is there anything else that you want to talk about? Because I think we already gushed about all of this. I think that's it. Yeah. 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 Let's move on to Good the next shopping. segment. I, yeah. will, oh. I will say this. I do, I do want to end on this. Sony, if you do this, if you do showcases like these, if you make state of plays that are awesome like this, fine. Perfect. You get the A grade. Just don't do lame duck sh- state of plays anymore because we're kind of over it. <laughs> Just do stuff that makes sense. Or if you're going to do something, make it like very small. Don't make it a state of play. If you don't have anything to show, like we said before, don't show it or show it in an appropriate venue. And please don't make a state of play something that is just for like the lame announcements. Make the state of play something that you want to do. This they could have literally called a state of play. I have no idea why they made it all super fancy like a did. You can see here in the background. This is the announcement, gosh darn screen, that they have on the PlayStation blog for it. If you're going to do it this fancy, just call it a state of play, unless you're trying to brand state of play as something insignificant, which is kind of missing the point, if you if you get what I'm saying. But yeah. other than that, loved it. It was, it was great. Yeah, I think they'll still do a PlayStation experience this year because there are rumors about that at the end of the year. But who knows? Yeah. yeah. Well, I honestly went in with medium expectations and all my expectations were blown. And this is coming from me. So I had the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Cool. So with that, stick around go. and we'll be back. Exactly. And welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the second segment, as always, which is, of course, what we've been playing. So, Sean Templar, what have you been playing? Um, I have been playing a few games. Uh, I've played... I finished Mass Effect 2, finally. Uh, Woo! Yeah. <laughs> I, I, like, I finished the first and the second one, like, years ago when it came up. I never finished the third one. Um, mm. But the annoying thing is, is that the game is like 100 gigabytes big because it has all the three games in it and you cannot individually install or uninstall them. So it just takes up 100 gigs, even though you're done with two games, for example. So I just want to get get it over with and then remove it from my PlayStation. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I I'm, I'm started playing three. Um, I like Mass Effect 2. I always, always liked it. Um, the game is starting to show its age. But, I mean, it's a remake. So, I mean, you're playing it for nostalgia purposes or you're playing it because you never played it before, um, which if you haven't, shame on you because it's one of the coolest Bioware games out there next to KOTOR probably. Um, Mm -hmm. But, yeah, I mean, I liked it. I started playing 3. I'm I'm early in the beginning of 3 because I haven't found a lot of time to play it. I only started playing it, like, on Saturday or on Friday. Um... But yeah, besides that, I uh, 
I played some more Days Gone on stream. Uh, it's my second playthrough. You know, I'm just taking it one slow tree smashing bike at a time. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, yes, yeah. Yesterday on stream, we found a horde, which kind of surprised me out of the blue because I was at this camp and then I looked to my left and then suddenly this... I knew that there was a horde in the neighborhood and I actually went looking for the horde, but I couldn't find it because there were people in chat constantly like, go take out the horde, fight against the horde. I'm like, okay, whatever. <laughs> you know, I'm like, whatever. And then so I, I couldn't find the horde. And then I just went back to the mission. And then there was this part where I just turned around and looked over the cliff. And then suddenly the horde was already there and they were already swarming me. And I'm like, what's going on, you know? So I just started to run away, and eventually, after like five minutes, I finally was able to kill the horde. I'm knocking them out bit by bit. Um, it gets easier the further you get along in the game because you get better weapons. But like in the beginning of the game, it's just run, duck, and hide, man, when you find the horde. Just just get out of there. Um, and I've also been streaming a little bit more of Returnal. Um, the last stream, we didn't really get anywhere because the stream before that one, I was able to get to the boss in the Biome 3. Um, which is a tricky boss. He has like three live bars and we got to the last part where the level starts to drop out under you. And I, I think I almost had him when I died. Um, and I haven't been able to find the shortcut to the boss because normally you can find the shortcut to the boss when you've gotten to the boss. Um, yeah. I couldn't find the shortcut for this one. I don't know if I missed it or I still need to look for it. Um, but yeah, I, I kind of found out that the boss is tricky and there are two or three more biomes left after three. Um, I'm thinking of not streaming Eternal because eventually it gets boring to see me fail. Uh, mm. And I mean, like people said like, hey, it's a cool game to watch, but it does get a little bit boring to see you die constantly. People want progress, you know, which yeah. I understand. Um, <laughs> I bought Yakuza 3, 4, 5, and 6 in the sale because it was a PlayStation sale. Funny thing is, is there's this Yakuza collection, which has three, four, five in it, and it's 40 euros. And in this sale, I bought three, four, five, and six for 36 euros, so I actually saved money. Um, I haven't started playing it yet, but I'm looking forward to playing it. But I was thinking like, okay, let me just finish one game uh, before I start playing Yakuza. So I either want to finish Returnal or Mass Effect before I jump into Yakuza. Um, but I'm actually thinking about buying Deathloop, maybe, seeing as the reviews are that positive. Um, mm -hmm. I know that Death Stranding, Director's Cut is coming out in 11 days, and I really want to jump back into that game, because uh, I know you've been playing it, I've been seeing other people stream it again, and it just really got me excited to jump into it again. Um, so that, and yeah, I th I'm thinking about maybe playing some more Call of Duty Vanguard. The, the, the closed beta was last weekend, I didn't play it. The open beta is coming up this weekend. Um, so I want to get some time into it and see how that goes. Um, and that's basically it. Yeah. Uh, I don't think I've forgotten anything. I haven't been playing a lot lately. So yeah, that's it. Just slowly one game at a time. That's good. Now steady as she goes. Steady as she goes. Yeah. Um, all right. Um, I guess then it's up to me now. It's up to you. <laughs> Yeah, so I have been playing a couple of games. Um, all right. Actually, a little bit of story time. I uh, was doing a little bit of a, a big, well, a little bit. I was doing a big cleanup in my in my house. And uh, I, came I came across my old Game Boy Advance, the one that I bought with my, um, 
my summer job earnings. The first summer job that I ever had. What was your first um, summer job? I was working at my local supermarket. Oh, nice. And they, I don't know if that was that particular supermarket that did it that way, because after that, I learned, you you know, you learn how things work when you're getting paid, because I was getting paid cash. Oh, like okay. Weekly, which was super weird. It's like, okay. Oh, um, wow. Okay. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to. Sounds shady. That's that's exactly right. That sounds super weird, because any other place that I've worked, you get a pay stub and you get a paycheck. Yeah. Um, and it gets cash to you in your account. It's not like I didn't have an account back then, but sure. So I got it paid. And by the end of it all, I was able to pick up a Game Boy Advance and a game. And that nice. game was Konami Crazy Racers. Now, I haven't seen this Game Boy Advance in years um, since I moved out. Did it work? So I was like, oh, that's... Well, I haven't... Here's the joke. I haven't tested out the Game Boy Advance yet. I'm assuming it works. I just need to put some batteries in it. Mm-hmm. But there was a game in the game cartridge slot. And for like the last couple of months, I've been like, well, I don't know where I put all my Game Boy Advance games. I don't have a lot of them. Okay. But I know that I have them. I recently found Pokemon Ruby, which is nice. But that one was corrupt. So I don't think that that's going to work. I haven't tested it out yet. Um, I recently bought... Um, uh, Mega Man Battle Network, uh, like I talked about in the last episode, I've been playing that. So I took out this cartridge out of the out of the Game Boy Advance, and lo and behold, it was Konami Crazy Racers. Oh, nice! It's like it was like it was meant to be, and I put it in my in my DS Lite because that had battery because that's what I've been using to play Mega Man Battle Network. I put it up. There are my save files. Okay, <laughs> it's that's interesting. Fine. The save files are okay. Um, I started playing it and it took a it took a little bit to get used to the controls again because it's different from Mario Kart. And it was just so much fun playing it again. Like the soundtrack is fun, like all the characters. Apparently, I didn't unlock every character, which I did not know. So I I went to GameFAQs, I looked up how to unlock all the character the remaining characters, and I unlocked the remaining characters. I'm like, oh, this is so cool. Like wow. this is so cool to play it again, and I want to play it on my Game Boy Player again on the uh, on the CRT that I have in uh, in the office. So I might do that like sometime later this week or later this month or whatever when I have some time again. But I was so happy to see that again and just play it again. And I played like with the best character, which is Bear Tank from like this random Namco of a random Konami game, and. Like I know for a fact that something like Konami Crazy Racers is never gonna get re-released again, mostly because Konami, but also because, well, we still don't know if Nintendo's gonna do anything with Game Boy Advance, um, like um, online service, like they did for Super Nintendo and NES. We know that there are rumors going around that the Game Boy and Game Boy Color is coming to Switch relatively soon. Um, we don't know when, but apparently the rumor is very relatively soon. I read that. So that would be really nice to see at least those games come to the Switch. Um, do you have like the TV on in the background? Or something? I have people out here at the, in the hall talking. So ah, okay, no, that's fine. Um, so yeah, it's it's pretty. It's yeah, it's. It, I was really happy to see it. I was really happy to play it for a little bit. So I played that a little bit. Um, I've like I, like you said before, I've been playing Death Stranding. I'm almost at the end. Um, I talked about you about before, and I thought that I was at the end before I came online. Um, 
to record this podcast, but apparently it's not because I because uh, because I did the event. I'm not going to say what it was because I don't want to spoil it for people. Um, I did the event that I thought was the ending, and then there was more, and I was like, "Oh, that's a little bit disappointing." Um, that's a little bit disappointing to see, but you know, it's fine. It's it's no problem at all. Um, I'm still playing through that, and on stream, I actually picked up. Um, uh, uh, Astral Chain, and when I picked up Astral Chain, I, in my back of my mind, mind, I thought that that game had um, a new game plus. So I was like, you know what? I want to do Astral Chain, but I don't mm-hmm. want to start from the beginning again. I want to do new game plus because I thought it had new game plus. Turns out it does not have new game plus. It just has post mission missions that you can do, like like difficulty gauntlet. So I played a little bit of that on stream. And um, after that, I played a little bit more of Secret of Mana, of course, on of course. as well. Yeah. Um, because I love Secret of Mana and I want to share that love. And um, it was a really fun time sharing Secret of Mana and continues to be a fun time sharing Secret of Mana. Because there are people that know of Secret of Mana and have played Secret of Mana, but there are also people that have never heard of it or they've just heard of the crappy PlayStation 4 remake. Um so, but other than that, it's uh, like uh, I where I am with Secret of Mana right now is the Ice Country. I just, I think I just finished it uh, right when the stream was ending, and um, that one is one of my the funnest parts because I got to show people, yo, um, Santa Claus is in this game. Oh yeah, I remember <laughs> because that. You, because yeah. you come across Rudolph in this random house in the Ice Country. And it's like my master is missing. You're like, oh, okay, who's who's your master? You you random red red nosed reindeer called Rudolph. <laughs> so I teased that to like the to like the chat, and the chat was like, wait, you mean Santa is in this game? And yeah, Santa's in the game as a boss. And yeah. you get to beat the the snot out of him. I thought I because I almost ran out of out of magic power when I did, but I was able to feed, defeat him with I think my like my very last spell. Or the spell next to last. And I was like, oh, cool. I actually defeated him. Because he had a lot of HP. Um, and then he turns back, of course, into Santa. And you know me. I did the voices again. Oh, yes. That was <laughs> really because fun. I had, because I had to do it. Because I, I had know. to do it. It was fun. Um, so, yeah. That's pretty much what I've been playing. Death Stranding. Um, I've been playing Death Stranding. So, I want to finish Death Stranding so I can focus back on, on Persona 5 again. Um, and of course, uh, and make some room because uh, because of Metroid Dread coming out in October. So I want to I want a little bit more leeway when that comes out. So that's basically what I've been playing. I don't think I've been playing anything else. Um, I played a little bit of Sonic, um, but I also did it on stream. But it was no biggie, and um, I played a little bit of Animal Crossing, but nothing significant. Awesome. So that's it. That's all I played. Awesome. We're just in time because I got to notice that they're going to cut the power here for a little maintenance. Ooh. So we're about, it's good that we're about to wrap up. <laughs> cool. By that note, will you do the honors? I will do the honors. So thank you, everybody, for tuning in to another episode of Game Rivals. Um, you can find us on all your favorite podcasting platforms, uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcast, Overcast, uh, Anchor, you name it, we're probably there. Um, you can find this video on YouTube as well, finally. We've been posting there um, for a while now. I think like a couple of episodes already up. Um, you can find the link in the description. 
Um, as I say every time, I am not a fan of this, but if you like the content, please consider subscribing and liking as it helps us out with discoverability. And so, commenting. And commenting so more people can find out about us. Same goes for podcasting. If you like it, feel free and consider leaving a review, a five-star review preferably, because it's only so we can get discovered more. It's not like we gain anything from it. It's just that we like want to share this passion with even more people. Um, you can find us on social media, uh, game underscore rivals underscore on Twitter. Uh, Maximilian is on Twitter as well, at Maximilian. Um, we're on Twitch, um, at Maximilian underscore X or at Sean Templer or twitch.tv slash Maximilian or Sean Templer. Um, you can reach out to us through email at gamerivalsfeedback.com. Um, you can find us on Instagram at Maximilian underscore X or at Game Rivals. Um, and that's basically it. I think on that note, I have been and always will be Sean Templer. And I have been and will always be Maximilian X. And we'll catch you on the next one. Later. Later.